0: For the final interview of Season 3 and 2021, I am so grateful and honored to be able to share with you a woman who has made an incredible impact on not only my life, but the lives of thousands of people around the globe. She is an internationally recognized trainer and consultant of the three principles, the understanding of the mind that is the foundation to everything I share with you here, She is the author of seven books, including two of my all-time favorites, Nuggets of Wisdom and the Path to Contentment, and she has another on the way in early 2022. She is the co-founder of the three-principal school located on Salt Spring Island, where, as I share at the top of the interview, she gave me a piece of advice that has, for certain, made me the person I am today, both personally and professionally. Without any effort, and just by being, she is the most beautiful mirror to all who have the opportunity to listen to her speak. The truth of love and kindness and understanding that pours out of her immediately reminds me of the magic that life has to offer when I allow it to guide me. And for that fact alone, I knew it was incredibly important to gift her to you here. So, without further ado, here is the magnificent Elsie Spittle. Hi, Elsie.
1: Hi, Jesse. It's so (laughs) lovely to see you again.
0: It is so lovely to see you again. Thank you so much for joining the show and making yourself available for all of the folks who tune in to What Moves You with Jesse. I know that this is going to be a very meaningful conversation not just for me but for every single person who tunes in because there is a significant majority of them I know who have heard the name Elsie Elsie Spittle you know dropped into the conversation so it's going to be a oh here she is this is who she references all the time wow well just the title
1: of your podcast uh is is so Moving
0: <laughs> you know, so how could I resist? Oh, thank you so much so um in the introduction to the podcast, I have already shared about your books and how you are an author and a teacher and a mentor um and I mean, we could say a million different things uh, but I would like to give a little bit of context of how you have um influenced me and kind of see where we go from there if that's okay
1: oh yes
0: okay okay um so I uh I the biggest piece for me that was life-changing and a bit of a shakeup for my brain being a you know somebody who thought I always needed to know everything intellectually before I moved on to the next phase of whatever that is, my career, you know, my education, just doing a lot of thinking and working hard inside of myself, feeling like I need to know all the things before I can, you know, take the next step. And I had, as I've shared on the podcast a bit, and I've shared this with you, but it's been years. So, uh, so do not feel bad with all the people that share with you if this does, if this is a faint memory. But um, I had had, and I was in a pretty deep depression in a, in a job that I thought was going to be my lifelong career, and um, I was realizing that that career was not the right fit, and I was in a pretty dark place. And there was one evening where I jumped into the shower to try to make myself feel better while I was in the middle of an anxiety attack. And it was in that that moment, it only took a couple of minutes, where I was thinking the same 10 thoughts about my depression and how lost I was and how is this possible, you know. Did God give everybody else a purpose and not me? (laughs) Truly, that was one of my thoughts.
1: Mm.
0: And um, I remember I I hung my head over and I thought to myself, I just, I'm so tired of thinking the same 10 thoughts. How am I ever going to do something different with my life? And in that moment, I got a flash of everything you're feeling. Is coming from your thoughts. And I remember going, what? And it made me stand up straighter because I thought, what? How is that? Wait, if if that's true, then that means the second I leave my job, I leave the office, I should be having a completely different experience if, if everything wasn't coming from inside of me. And that's true. I everywhere I go, it follows me. I'm constantly in this sadness about my job, even far after I, you know, I leave the office and far after I, I close my email. So I just started to realize, wait a second, if I'm the one that's creating that, then that means I could create something different. And that's the only thing that's as far as it went. I, and I, you know, couldn't even probably articulate it that well, but I jumped out of the shower and called my mother who was a retired therapist <laughs> and said i have just seen something um this is so different than us the way we normally do things which is analyze everything to death because i had gone to school for psychology also and that's when she had said that sounds a lot like something i'm just starting to read up on called the three principles you've that's something like what sydney sydney banks who had this insight right So I was so thrilled. Well, at first I was like, I thought I saw something that nobody else had seen. (laughs) And, but then seconds later, I was so thrilled. Then I had a, a path to follow some, some, you know, some learning to do some people, other, you know, people that have discovered these things that I could start looking into. I read the missing link that led me to you, you know, there's, I think you, you wrote a little something at the beginning of the missing link as a tribute to,
1: Oh, not in that one. No, I, I talked about the missing link when I was writing nuggets of wisdom, because that inspired me so much. Oh,
0: wonderful. Okay. Well, then it was through all of my research of Sid that I found you. And then I just was like, you know, Um, Bees on Honey. And I just absolutely, you know, started reading everything that you wrote and um, went up to the three principal school that you teach with Chip Chipman on Salt Spring Island with my mom and her husband and my aunt and my uncle. And it was the most incredibly moving experience for me because I was dropped into a feeling that I had never really felt before, especially for three days straight. Um, I was so used to I was so used to living in my head and constantly trying to figure things out, and you were giving us all permission to see something different. And at the very end, you came up to us and you said, "Who are all of you? because we <laughs> we hadn't talked to you, but we were all there together, you know. And you and I, you pulled me aside for a conversation. I shared my shower story with you and you gave me the best advice ever and you said if i could give you one nugget one thing and i said yes please of course i wanted to give you to give me 50 you know and you said don't go chasing workshops and teach you know and classes and all these different things the way that you have se- the, the way that you have seen something to begin with is so powerful that you saw that i want you to just keep following that feeling i want you to let as you said mind to mentor you right universal mind and it was i, I cried all the way home on the airplane because it was such a different feeling to consider that I didn't need to go chasing more and more and more and more information in order to share what I had seen. Because you said it helped you, right? And I said, yes. <laughs> it was like a light switch that started to pull me out of my depression. And you said, then that's enough. Um and it it's just it it um it's still you know a little mind-boggling to me because it 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 has been nothing but true. I have it has been the foundation to my to my work. I've been that was four years ago, if not actually almost five at this point. And I, you know, find myself, you know, in conversations with people very naturally if I come across different teachings and stuff. But I have not signed up for one workshop, nothing, because I wow. have always had you in the back of my mind. Of let that universal intelligence to move through you and really help you and show you the way. It's been bumpy, (laughs) but man, has it been, it has proven to be as, you know, in the long run, my goodness, it has, it has rooted me in a foundation of certainty that I feel like I can only know because it has come from inside of me as opposed to constantly trying to convince myself of something. And that really is all because of you, Elsie, like truly giving me at least showing me the door, giving me the permission to walk through that door. And then also modeling for me what it looks like in how you live your life to Do that to constantly kind of come back to yourself and see what comes from there, how life is going to live through you. Now, for my audience listeners, and what I would love to have you impart is I think the thing that occurs to me to begin with is, were you always that way? (laughs) Bless
1: your heart. (laughs) <laughs> First of all, let me say you've, you've lived up to your podcast, right, right? in what you've shared because you've moved me. Oh. What moves you? Your the the depth of truth that you've shared has touched me. It's moved me. and and the second thing is is that you've lived up to what you heard. When you and I spoke privately about, like, don't keep, don't go to classes and all that, just listen to your own uh, divine gift. And, um, and I love that you do that. That continues to be my message. I, I actually um, said that to a group when I did my first online retreat when the when COVID first started and a program I was going to do in Los Angeles was canceled and they you know because of the travel restrictions and they said would you do the retreat online? And I said yes of course but I wasn't sure what that would be like like how do you do three days or two and a half days online and have the same feeling with people when you're not live with people, you know, in in the same room. And And what happened is that I saw so many familiar faces as well as new faces, but it was the familiar faces that stood out and it was like, oh, I'm so glad to see you. It's lovely to see you, but I don't want to see you again. (laughs) and it was like like don't keep coming to these things like just listen is what I said to you listen to yourself and then they look so shocked when I said but I don't want to see you again and I'm tapping on my desk they look so shocked that I then I it was like oh my god like how rude this old lady is being so rude saying I don't want to see you people again but they heard it many of them heard it because As those three days went on, uh, sometimes they showed up late for the the course when it started. Sometimes they didn't show up because they were just enjoying being on their own. You know, they were enjoying being in the feeling of their own divinity. And and so I, I love that. I love that you heard that and you've lived that way. And... And in response to your question, no, (laughs) I've not always followed that. I'm I'm not what you'd call like an educated person. You know, I never went to university. I was the first one in a family of five, you know, me being the baby of of the siblings that um, actually finished high school. And which was like just tremendous in my my family. Uh, So I don't have a lot of education, um, but I had a religious background that kept me blanketed in a lot of fear. So that when I met Sid, uh, before he had his experience, you've heard the story that Ken worked with him, with Sid for eight years in a pulp mill and toward the end of that eight years he began to talk a little bit more about this nice man this welder at the at, at, you know at their their pulp mill and uh, finally uh invited him and his wife over one evening just to have a cup of coffee and uh and i i really enjoyed their company and all that and as time went on we became really good friends um but it wasn't until he had his epiphany where he, he realized that God was inside all of us. And he realized that the way human beings create reality is through these three spiritual gifts of mind, consciousness, and thought, that it freaked me right out. <laughs> he, he talked about God in such a, a knowing way like in a respectful, loving, uh, enigmatic way. And it was so different from who he was prior to that epiphany. I didn't know what to make of it, nor did Ken. And uh, the way he talked about God, like in this, with an intimacy, like he knew God, he was God, we were all God, is how he shared his knowing just was unfathomable to me it was like who, who do you think you are you you can't talk like that like what gives you the right to talk about god as if you know what god is but he did that was what he discovered in this epiphany and more to the point that he said all of us are that power are that divine power. And this was just too much for me because God was like in the sky somewhere, you know. Uh, I, I went to a convent for four years. You know, I had that kind of deep religious background. I at one point thought I might become a nun. And I used to go around the kitchen sometimes with a tea towel <laughs> around <laughs> around you know to see what what would I look like as a nun you know wow I, I was very drawn to one young nun who taught us some of the nuns were pretty feisty and you know like a little strict and stern as were some of the priests but this one young nun was so kind and lovable still in her newness in religion like she she had a love for God that wasn't all still tied in regulations and rules and sin. Whereas what I had learned was was God's love was conditional.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Yes. You had, you had to do right. You couldn't sin. If you, if you sinned, you bad things could happen to you. And so that was my fear. And so when Sid would talk so intimately and lovingly and and enigmatically about God, that just was too much for me. And so I I fought it tooth and nail. But at the same time, I loved the feeling that was coming from Sid, the feeling of his well-being, the feeling of his unconditional love, that no matter how I challenged him or argued with him increasingly, as my year and a half of resistance carried on, he he didn't take it to heart. He never, ever attacked me back like I attacked him. He just kept that unconditional love in place. And sometimes what was most annoying is that he would actually grin at me and his eyes would twinkle at me as I was angry with him. Like, how dare you talk about this, said, You know, how do you know and why aren't my beliefs as good as what your beliefs are? And then he'd let me know that what he was talking to me about was not beliefs. It was knowing. Yes. And, um, And so, like you said, in the shower, where you had that profound insight about your your feelings coming from your thoughts, that was my first insight in the midst, not of a shower, but a shower of rage. Wow. A shower of rage, the most I'd ever felt in my life. Uh, And it was due to a visit of SIDS where uh when they were coming up the driveway i had been in such angst that i didn't want to see them it was unbearable to see them and so i hid but when i heard their car door close as they were about to drive away i raced out the door to beckon them back in so there's rage and there's what i learned was my true nature beckoning them back in. Yes. And so it was like that Jekyll and Hyde. Mm -hmm. My intellect and my fear saying, go away. And my true nature saying, please help me. Yes. And when Sid, they came back in, I couldn't invite them to sit down. Uh, I was still in fear, even though I brought them in, but I'm in fear. And and he just put an arm around my shoulders and cuddled me and said these profound words to me, seeing the angst on my face and feeling my fear, but not taken in by my fear. Had it been someone else, They might have been rebuffed by my fear, or they might have been captivated by fear. But Sid just felt love and tenderness for me in in demonstration, in terms of putting an arm around me to comfort me and saying to me, You'll be okay, dearie. You've heard this. You'll be okay. Because you have God within you, as does every human being in this world. Well, it still moves me. And I know it moves you. I can see that. Yes. But at that moment, it was like the last straw that broke the camel's back. And it's like, I didn't say these words, but it was like, out, get out, get out of my life, get out of my home. And without a word, then, you know, they turned around and they left me to to just be. And, uh, and when they drove away, Barb, Sid's wife at the time, um, said to him, well, I guess that's it for our friendship with Elsie and Ken. And he said to her, no pet. Elsie heard something, and she said, she did? My word, she sure has a funny way of showing it. So she told me this later because, indeed, you know, when they left, it was like, oh, my God, that's it. I never want to see them again. How can he say that? How does he know that every human being has God within him? That's not right. Uh, And and so I began to just dwell on that and, and like ruminate on that. And I called a friend and vented with great anger. And in the midst of that anger, I had an insight. Like you, thought creates feeling. And that's. That was it. Like, the only way it expanded for me in the moment was via a feeling. Yes. I I knew that was true via the feeling. Because I just felt overwhelmed with relief. Like, oh, my God, there is something to what this man has been saying. Like, I felt it just well up. And I wept with that feeling of purpose. You mentioned purpose. That there is a purpose to life and to my life. And I felt love. I felt love for myself and for my family. But like you, Jesse, I couldn't articulate it. Like at that moment, I couldn't even like say I felt love. All I could... All I knew was I had a feeling. And those words, that thought creates feeling. I got that. And I got the feeling. And that was it. And that was enough. You also said, you yeah. know, that was enough. Um, and when when my kids came home on the school bus, uh, I felt such love for them. And my behavior was immediately changed. Not consciously, like, oh, I love my kids and I'm going to be a better mom. I just was enveloped still in that love from the inside. And I I loved them walking in the door. And, you know, their habits were throw their lunchbox down, kick off their boots, you know, throw their coats on the ground. And normally I'd be nagging them. This time I just wrapped my arms around them both, hung up their coats gave him a chocolate chip cookie, let him watch cartoons. You know what I mean? It was like, I just love my kids. And then when same when Ken came in that that evening from work, it was like, typically I'd be looking for the latest um, holes in his coveralls from welding and things like that. And I would nag him about that. Like, you know, can't you be more careful when you're welding so you don't burn your clothes and I have to patch them? It was just awesome. Uh, You know, love, just feeling love. And again, like you, Jesse, I had the ups and downs. But that first period of time was maybe three weeks or a month where I was just in that well-being. I just bathed in the well-being. I called Sid later that afternoon once they had gotten back to Salt Spring Island and, uh, and just thanked him for his, his kindness, his tenderness, it never, ever lashing out at me, his patience. Yes. And, um, and then, you know, we carried on our journey over the years. Uh, I, I have had lots of not knowing the next step. And I would say to those that are intrigued by what we're talking about, and perhaps a little confused, is follow the feeling. What moves you? Yes. If you get a feeling from listening to this podcast and what you and I are sharing, that's it. In a nutshell, that's the answer. The feeling is the answer, even when you don't know what the next step is, where to go, how your life will unfold. Um, what now? I've I've been a student of this understanding for close to fifty years now, yes. and um, I'm still in the unknown. I, uh, but I'm comfortable with the unknown because I know it's bringing a new adventure. I know it's bringing more peace, more time to just live, which was always Sid's strongest counsel. Just live. Once you've had an insight, just live. And how in that, peace you can serve even more deeply with more impact and and I always thought in those early years you know before I had my first insight that you should have somewhat of a plan yes. you know, it's good to plan ahead a little bit yes um I just let it unfold for the most part.
0: I remember that was one of the things you and Chip had shared on the almost, I feel like it was probably the first day. And I'll tell you a little secret. (laughs) As my family and I were sitting there on the first day, right? Well, we had the Friday on Salt Spring for th- three principal school. And this was the year that Ken actually had some health things. So you had to go yes. to Vancouver Island on Friday. Yes. So that'll help your timeline in your head. Yes. That yeah, was that, it was that year. So we missed you on Friday. Totally fine. Cause we got to know everybody. Of course we missed you like, Oh no, you know, <laughs> the star of the show isn't here, but no, <laughs> you know, but anyway, so looking forward, we looked forward to seeing you on Saturday. So it was all the meet and greet on Friday. We come Saturday morning, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, you know, five therapists ready to take notes, right? (laughs) And I remember that you two sat up there so beautifully, just in such a beautiful feeling, had your tea, just so relaxed. And you said, so we think we'll probably talk for maybe a couple of hours, and then we'll break for lunch for maybe about 3 hours. <laughs> and then we'll come back together and maybe we'll talk for a couple more hours, but we'll kind of just see how it goes. And we all went, "What? How are we <laughs> How are we going to learn everything? How are we going, you know, what is there to and But again, because you sat with such certainty that this was the way, this was the way to the unfolding, to the, to the, to the deeper learning, you know, I, in me, because obviously we couldn't talk to each other as you guys were talking to us. So I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, am I going to get it all? I'm going to definitely have to come back next year when they teach again, because there's no way I'm going to get it all. And then again, I tapped into, oh, that's my mind with a whole bunch of opinion about how this is supposed to go. I could see the ping pong, you know, how you say there's a ping pong. Yes. So then I thought, just, just trust the way that they're pat, that they're paving. Okay. So then I was able to relax in front of you and enjoy it. And I mean, the, the, the amount of fun that I had with my auntie that I have not had in years because you had given us that space. So we were all dropped into this beautiful feeling. Then we got to roam the island for a few hours on that, you know, that first day and we were giggling together (laughs) and, you know, we're very, we love nature in my family. So we're, you know, looking at all the birds and talking about my grandfather and how much he would have loved it if he was alive. And and I remember coming back together and my brain went back into oh, here we go. Okay, time to take notes again. And I thought, no, this is it. This is it. This is the point. And it's so um, I find this with clients, and you know, I I just kind of smile at them <laughs> the same way that you smiled at me when I'd get caught up, and Sid would smile at you when you got caught up. But that's the thing that I come up against doesn't feel like the right phrase, but that's what comes up the most, especially at the beginning of working with people when they're they're being given the opportunity or given the permission, I'll just say that again, to not engage with their brain because that's the only place that they have ever thought that they had answers before. So it's very kind of Uh, it's liberating, but also confusing to think I'm supposed to just relax here. And that's how I'll know best, you know? Um, And that's kind of part of that, part of that, but man, it, the biggest thing, especially in Los Angeles where I have all of my clients are just um, 98% of them are go, 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 and really want to know answers and have steps and, you know, I can appreciate what you're saying to relieve my anxiety, but then how do I navigate life? Right. And I always think of that one passage that's in the missing link from Sid. I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to butcher it, but he says something about be, be weary of something about like reaching for the stars or else you'll trip over your feet. Something, <laughs> something, there's something like that. I should have quote found it to quote it perfectly, but and I remember at the very beginning, when I first read Missing Link, I had my insight. I was in that beautiful feeling like you were picked up the missing link because that's what a good student does. And I was still in that beautiful feeling and it was keeping me there. But then when I came across that piece, I thought, well, am I not allowed to have dreams and goals? Okay. And, so, and that almost made me frustrated I'm seeing it deeper for myself now, but what it, what is there anything bubbling inside of you to kind of speak in that to speak to that of what, what he was sharing or what you see about that?
1: Yes, yes. The, the first thing that struck me when you were talking about like, you said something about like when, when I, okay, I can see that if I relieve my anxiety, I relax, but then sort of, what's the next step? Yes. What do I do? Yes, but That's the step is when you relax, you get clarity. That's when insight works the best. That's when insight bubbles up, is through relaxation. Yes. I'm not saying that insight doesn't happen even in the midst of anger or stress or whatever human emotion happens because that happened to me. In the midst of anger, I had an insight. There was was that split second, and it came through. That's how powerful this divine universal knowledge is that it can move through anger, rage, fear, any kind of negative emotion. Yeah. Because it's the truth. It's our true nature. It has such power. It's it's like a superpower. It's a superpower that can come through regardless. That superpower contains your future dreams and goals via a feeling. There have been times where, and I'm sure you've experienced this, um, you know, where I've, I've been doing, when we first moved to Salt Springs, say, I'd been doing a training of trainers program for a few years, you know, for corporations, for communities, and so on. While I was living in Long Beach with Ken, and also in Florida, I was doing training of trainers programs, but a lot in uh, in California, and uh, and then when, and also I was doing uh, training for prevention programs. You know, so it was a little bit different than a training of trainers. So those were my two kind of master plans that I had developed uh, based on insights. But they had a lot of form. Yes. Because that's sort of how I worked in those days. My insights took a lot of form because I didn't trust the formless
0: mm-hmm. as much.
1: Plus, the corporations and the communities um And Juvenile Justice, you know, that I worked in, they wanted form. In order to get funding to uh, pay me and my team or whatever, they had to have some form. So I had to play the game. And I put together form based on the principles. But I found that I didn't use the form very much. Because... When I would arrive to do a three-day training in a year-long program, what would become apparent to me is that the group I was working with had situations that had arisen then. And, And so I saw that if I went back to the form that I had built two months ago or three months ago, it might not be pertinent to what was happening in the moment. So I had my manual and handbook on the table, the conference table in front of me, but I'd open it up to, so, you know, what's happening in your reality now? What would be helpful to you now? And that's how we'd work, would be in the moment, soul to soul conversations in whatever arena I was in whether it was the corporate world, juvenile justice, in communities, working with, uh, uh, you know, communities, inner city communities, it all worked the same. It was just being in the moment with people and setting aside some of the, you know, form I'd created in advance. And then as time went on, when we moved to the island, and I did a couple of the training of trainers here on the island. People came here, loved the island. Sometimes I'd have sit in as a guest speaker. But nonetheless, toward the end of the year-long program, it was like the feeling, oh, do I want to do this again? You know, it was, what, what's next? And I didn't know what was next. Like intellectually, I could say, well, maybe I should do this. Maybe I should do that. But the intellectual maybes didn't have a feeling. So there was this unknown feeling that wasn't 100% comfortable. But there was also a sense of being more comfortable with my discomfort. Mm Mm-hmm. It was like that was sort of the first step. There was still discomfort, but there was a little bit like, so what? So I'm, I don't really know what I want to do. It's not really comfortable, but so what? You know, like, so what was a big insight for me. So what? Like, who says? <laughs> I'm my own boss, right? Like, who says I have to have a plan? Who says I have to know what's next? I don't know. So, okay, I'll rest in not knowing. And, of course, resting, right, like what you were saying about it brings relief from anxiety. Mm -hmm. Insights come about what I do want to do next, And I realized rather than doing year-long programs, I would just love to have like a corporate team or a team from human resources or whatever, 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 come to the island for a four-day program, mentoring program. Wow. And then the how-to sort of like, how could I write it up again so there's some form, came to a page. I had a page write up for a four-day mentoring. Simple. Wow. Because I kept remember Sid saying, and it's in his books, it's in the missing link, it's in the Enlightened Gardener, uh, about simplicity. You know, uh, it's not about complexity. Out of simplicity comes complexity, and then out of complexity or out of simplicity comes complex. I don't know, I'm screwing it up too. (laughs) talking <laughs> about simplicity and complexity, and and stick to simple. Yeah. And so then that became my new form. Instead of preparing a new handbook for whoever I was working for, uh, you know, speaking their language, but in you know bringing in the principles and everything else, bringing in Sid's books, bringing in some of my books, uh, it it narrowed down to one page of form. And then I began to have teams come to the island to, to work with. And then after a few years, there was another kind of feeling like, oh, I don't know. Like, I'm not getting the same quality of feeling. It's not as alive to me. Oh, it's just your thinking, Elsie. I do the self-talk. It's just your thinking. It's the way you're thinking about it. So stop that. Like, think more positively about that old program yes and sometimes that's true and sometimes that's universal mind's way of saying there's another new program for you to do and so that's how dreams look like and goals look like to me they come about via a feeling a feeling that what you're currently doing isn't as rich for you anymore. The feeling isn't as rich. And so just be with that and see that that's mind's way of saying there's something new around the corner. Well, what is it? Okay, like, tell me. Don't make me wait. (laughs) Patience. Just rest in not knowing. And I tell you, honestly, like, Then kind of the next step was, at some point, was to do an online mentoring program. I was so dead against it. My webmaster said to me, "Uh, you know, Elsie, instead of doing one-on-one mentoring and coaching, you might want to consider doing it for a larger group so that you can share with more people. No, I'm not interested. I don't want to do that. I I really love one-on-ones and, and he said, Okay, you know, and he pulled back. But then I don't know, six, eight months later, he wanted to talk again. And he said, Could we do a zoom call? Yes. And the temerity of the man. <laughs> 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 he, he actually, I didn't know what he wanted to talk about. But he said, I, I prepared something. Could I show you my PowerPoint? PowerPoint? I mean, Really? okay, grudgingly, okay. Darned if he didn't put together what was going to be my next online mentoring program. I, I was annoyed when he first started to show me. I thought like, how dare you? You know, I told you I wasn't interested. And then despite my intellect saying, how dare you? And my ego saying, how dare you? I was captivated by what he was showing me and i said okay show me more show me more and and the doors opened and then i i turned it into to to me like he gave me the foundation and then i brought my what wisdom how wisdom was guiding me like okay that's i'd like to say it this way i I'd, I'd like to do it that way i didn't want a chat room He really wanted a chat room. I didn't. I wanted to give people a month off to chat with themselves. Yes. Not to have a chat room with each other so they could say, gee, I'm kind of stuck. What do you think? What do you think about this? Or I had an insight about this, but now I'm second guessing myself. What do you think? No. Talk to mind. Yes. Talk to yourself. Yes. And and after a bit of conversation, he he also got the beauty of that. And people love that. They love not having a chat room. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with chat rooms. Yeah. I'm just saying for what I wanted to offer and how I wanted to share, I didn't want that. I wanted people to depend on themselves. Yes. And then after that, that was an eight week. Um, an eight session spread over three or four months. And then I thought at the end of that, you know, it was beautiful, I loved it. Uh, people got a lot out of it, and I thought, mm, I, I don't think I want to do that again. And my webmaster said, What do you want to do? And I said, I don't know. I don't know. I'll know when I know. Long story short, after several months. What came to me when I was sitting and not knowing was, I'd love to do a three-session online mentoring program. Wow. And all of a sudden, in that knowing about, I'll do a three-session, the topics came to me, everything came to me, the form came to me via mind. Yes. In the moment. And there was my brief little form in three sessions. Yes. I did that twice over a couple of years. Loved it. Yes. Actually wrote a book, mentored by Mind, based on, on my conversations with people. And then at the end of that, the, the doing it twice, I thought that's it. You know, once again, my webmaster said, I don't know. I don't know. And then I ended up where I am now is I continue to pull back from doing quite as much. Um, I'm not doing any more like group mentoring online. I'm doing very little one on ones because my focus is on my writing now. That's how I'm, I'm serving. When I stopped traveling because of the pandemic, and when mind kept guiding me, because physically I was starting to I uh, wear my body out by how much I was doing, and I was coming down with some physical frailties and walking with the cane and so on and so forth, that was mind's way of kind of giving me a kick in the behind. Okay, if you won't listen to wisdom when it's gentle, then... <laughs> You know, it's going to be not so gentle, and I'm going to mess with your body. Yes. And, and I had to pay attention and realize that my body is part of this formless spiritual energy as well. And I want to respect my body. Yes. like I respected my soul, but I was a tad dismissive of my body. And so then I stopped doing as much, even stopped doing as much one-on-ones, not doing as many uh, webinars for clients, that kind of thing. And what came forth out of the unknown was writing. I hadn't been writing. Like I hadn't written a blog for about 18 months. Wow. And then as I started to respect my body and do less online, it poured out of me. Yes. And two books came out of the last two years. And I'm currently in the midst of um, getting ready my eighth book for publication in the new year. May I say what it's called? Yes,
0: please share. I and I will, we will all be pre-ordering. <laughs>
1: It's called, uh, What If You Already Knew the Answers to Your Questions?
0: Oh, my goodness. (laughs) The hair on on my arms just (laughs) stood straight up.
1: (laughs) And it's going to be the what if book, you know, that's the whole title. What if you already knew the answers to your questions? Because it's so true. You know, and and everybody that I ever talked to, when I listened to them, like when I listened to you and the way you talked about uh, in the shower, and then you know having that insight, yeah. and even when you moved further on and you were, you said just fifteen minutes ago about like when somebody is has anxiety and then okay they relax and then they think now what. They already know, like, as soon as they've relaxed, that's the answer. But if people don't even consider that, then they're blocking the answer. Yes. That's the glimmer. Like, I I wrote a blog and posted it about a month and a half ago, uh, something about starlight. A moment of starlight, I called it. Because somebody asked me on a a group webinar for a client, like, I think I'm getting it, and I get a feeling, and then it's gone, and I get into this and that and this and that. So, like, how do you know when you're getting it? Well, you got it when you had that feeling. What covered it up is that you immediately covered up the starlight, that glimmer by your analysis. Don't do that. Honor the glimmer rather than the analysis. The glimmer is the answer. Yes. And that's where the title came from. What if you already knew the answer to your questions? Everybody does.
0: Everybody. Yeah.
1: And I've got to say, you know, for, for my part and... In ending this conversation, Jesse, you are such a role model in terms of following your heart and your inner wisdom about not going to class after class after class, but even with the ups and downs like we all have and I continue to have, you stay true, that true north. You, you honor that and you listen to your wisdom and, and to mind. You found your purpose and that in itself is like the best thing to come up with that name for your podcast. What moves you, you know, that that's your heart, your heart and soul for sure.
0: Thank you so much, Elsie.
1: Thank you.
0: Yes. And before we go, because I ask everybody at the end of every podcast, I have a question for you, Elsie. What moves you?
1: Oh, my goodness. This, you know, when I see somebody listening so deeply to their own wisdom, that moves me. When you first started talking at the very beginning of the podcast and sharing your wisdom, and I said to you, I'm moved. I'm moved when I see people find their own true nature. Yes. Yeah. Because it it touches my true nature. That's how we're connected. So, yes. Yes.
0: And... (sighs) yep.
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh.
0: It's a beautiful place to end. Thank you so much for sharing today, Elsie. And man, it just went by in a flash, but isn't that the way it goes when you're just in your heart? Yes.
1: And thank you, honestly. I I felt that we went on a journey together and I'm so grateful that you invited me to be a part of this, this beautiful journey and you're such a beautiful soul.
0: Oh, ditto. Thank you, thank, thank you, Elsie. Yes, and we are so looking forward to your book. And if people would like to see you kind of more consistently, you are on Facebook, yes, and so and that is under three principles for human development, yes,
1: 3phd.net. Three,
0: three Great, there we go, perfect, yeah. that's perfect, so people can be on top of all of your books and everything and then of course I've already shared them with everyone. I I realized today I only have 5, so I have some catching up to do. Some of the oldies I need to pick up. I do have The Wisdom Within, so that that was one of your first ones, but
1: it was. it was the first one that I wrote on my own. Yes.
0: Yeah. So anyway, yes. Um just thank you so much again, Elsie. Have a wonderful wonderful day. Bye. See you again. Bye. Thank you for listening to What Moves You with Jesse. Let's stay connected. You can find more ideas and strategies on being human on my Instagram at What Moves You With Jesse. Sign up for my newsletter or learn more about working with me at What Moves You with And please rate and review the show and let us know what you think and what resonated. I read every single review. They mean so much to me. You can also call in on our hotline with your thoughts on what resonated there too. It is always live at 818-646-JESS. That's 818-646-JESS. What Moves You with Jesse is produced by Mike McGraw and Tinker City Music. Now, let's take a deep breath And give ourselves permission to live in this moment for what truly moves you.